This is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text our little show on 8.12.15, follow it on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, or you can email it via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Morning, here we boys. are. Morning. Here we are, here we are, here we are again. So, um, yes, good morning. I, um, oh man, I had a strange gig last night. What yeah. happened? Well, I sort of, um, I was a bit of a nightmare, I think. I just got really... Do you know, I'm so relieved you said that. Yeah. I thought you were going to say it was amazing. No. It was brilliant. It actually, it wasn't. It was actually all right, but I responded as if it was like the worst gig I ever did. I, I was yeah. just, um, I was, um, what's the word, petulant? <laughs> oh. I was actually petulant. I, you wouldn't think a man of my age could still do petulant, but I don't know. In what way? What are some examples of your petulance? I was saying things like, well, thanks for coming tonight, uh, in, in physically at least, like that kind of, you know, <laughs> sort of slightly... Oh, uh, Bob's comments. But, but most of them were, were fabulous. Um, uh, and the ones that weren't were ones I just offended early on. So... Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just things went wrong before I went on stage, and I, you know, what I did, I took my problems to work with me, which you can't do. <laughs> <laughs> you can bring your child to work, but not your problems. Oh no, it was um, so. If there's anyone in the audience, sorry about that. Um, <laughs> I love to start with an apology. I, I, you know, that's what it's. That's what life's all I like about. If the, sorry about that. Did I tell you, guys, stop me if I've told you this, I'm an old man, Commander. And I'm, 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 I might repeat myself, but um doesn't bother most people, i found. Um, did I tell you about my Swiss Army knife shopping spree? No, because I didn't know it was 1972. No, spree. <laughs> <laughs> well, I say, I, I had to go... My uh, my son went on school camp. Mm. So oh, there you was had cert- to get him a knife before he went. I had to get yeah. him um, a pen knife. Yes. Uh, because part of the activities was whittling. Oh. I'm a big fan of this so far. Do you like to whittle? I whittled as a boy. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you're gonna Give have- a little whittle. <laughs> Oh, no. You're going to have to explain. Well, whittling. A well, lady well, like look. me surely don't know what whittling is. Well, I, I don't know that I've ever really seriously whittled, so I'm handing over to um, Hair Novelli. <laughs> Our whistling correspondent. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, in the woods. Um, you With a pen knife or a small craft knife, you just sort of chop away at a bit of wood. You kind of carve a little, little model, or just generally... Just just generally put a point on wood that God never intended to have a point. (laughs) That's what you do. You spite the Lord by making a stick spikier. You make a a lovely, warm-hearted branch into a serious weapon. A weapon of war. Do you make fire? No. Oh, I sound Wait, like a German sorry. tourist asking you for a light. <laughs> sorry. <laughs> sorry, generally I do, sure. Okay. But my, uh, my son does, um, he do, he likes making fire. That's one of his... Um, <laughs> now there was a... He had... Um, I bought him some flint, especially oh, to make nice. a fire. You know, we live, we just live in the woods there. Did I tell you this? Did I, I, perhaps I should have given you that bit up front. No. Um, you downsized. You do this thing with... Um, Oh, actually, I need to ask you a question about this. You do this, this thing. I don't happen to live in Clan of the Cave Bear. You get cotton wool, uh, cotton wool pads. You know those cotton wool like circles or or balls, cotton wool balls. But balls might be better. And you just rough them up a bit, so okay. they're um, more more obviously fibrous. <laughs> oh, I see. Right. You and then you get the flint and you. And the, oh. the spark lands on it, it bursts into flames. But I, mm. this is, this was my question. The, la- the late, great Keith Flint, yeah, who was in Prodigy, mm-hmm. is his real name Flint? Is that his proper name? Because the, the, the juxtaposition of Firestarter as being like a big hit that he wrote, Anne Flint. Yeah. Is that a coincidence? I think there was a bloke called uh, Jeff Cotton Warball. 
as well. Who, uh, he didn't. He didn't play an instrument. He just sort of danced on stage. Now that that last bit I made up, but it's a big coincidence, isn't it? Flint and Firestarter. Yeah, there's got to be something there. So, someone out there will know. We've got a lot of music. Oh, readers will know. Listening in. So I went into the uh, hardware store and I said, I'd like, uh, have you got any uh, um, pen knives? And he said, yeah, um, they're behind the counter. Yeah, which is fair enough. You can't have people buying. Was so, it a, can I, I'm sorry, but this is important to me. Was it a local sort of Balamori style high street hardware store? Or was it one of your big chains? No, no, it was, it was, it had big chains, but it was, um, <laughs> it, it was a hardware store. It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't to my exact, I like, you know, there's ones, I don't know if you remember, but after this show, we used to go and have, um, we used to go for sort of brunch after the show. Uh-huh. And uh, there used to be a hardware store across the road from there. And one of those places where they'd have 500 drill bits forming a fabulous display. And so I love that. I love yeah. it when a hardware store um, recognises that there's art mm. in craft, if you know what I mean. There's one near and me with a sort of insane sort of Blackpool illumination style display. And then a sign that says, if we don't have it, you don't need it. Yeah, I, I love thought, there that. There we go, that's confidence. I love that. Yeah. And I, I must have, I must insist it's upon... It's actually a drugs front, but never mind. <laughs> <laughs> I must insist upon an elderly gent in a brown school janitor's uh, coat. Yeah, well, there, was, there wasn't one of those. Okay. Anyway, so I said, um, I, you know, I want uh, a pen knife. And they said, we got a Swiss Army knife. I said, I love perfect... He said, oh, that's forty nine What? In, in Swiss francs? Did you say, oh, I could have gone to Switzerland for that to buy one? But I mean, that <laughs> is <laughs> 50 quid for a pen knife. Bloody hell. Now, I always carried a pen knife as a kid, nothing as, as elaborate. I had a Roy Rogers... Um, do you know Roy Rogers? Oh, no. no but, but thanks for the tip. Um, he, um, <laughs> Roy, Roy. And I mean that most sincerely. Yeah, Roy Rogers was massive when I was a kid. He was a, a singing, wow. singing cowboy. And, you don't uh, get so much call for those these no, days. No, you don't. I had a Roy Rogers uh, pen knife, a pencil case. And uh, I actually had a look, not. Well, not that long ago on uh, eBay to see what sort of Roy Rogers merch. This. They had a gilet. What? And not like a retro, like a modern gilet with the Roy Rogers logo. <laughs> I don't know if the singing cowboy would wear a gilet. No, well, maybe yeah. when he's when he's up north on a drive. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, um, so they were all lovely little simple, uh, you know, things that you just, every kid had one and you just used them, as you say, for chopping about at bits of wood and stuff. It didn't have the sinister implications it might have today but 50 quid anyway I didn't get it did you not no what did you say did you say it's too expensive I said yeah I'm not paying 50 quid I mean that surely goes without saying Mm. the Swiss army knife I'm is there a Swiss army knife because the Swiss army have (laughs) by definition quite a lot of downtime. <laughs> a lot of time to does, whistle, to be does, fair. Is, is neutrality something that increases uh, sort of uh, the folk arts? Because you're just <laughs> sitting around in a barrack where other people are at war thinking, I'm, I'm going to make a pen knife. What about you? What about you, Klaus? Oh, no, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm on the John Wayne cuckoo clock. I've, I've made it as a little dream catcher. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Nice. Uh, cowbell, anyone? Oh, no, we're through with cowbell. Yeah, but it's, it feels like that. Mm. I always imagine the man who invented the Swiss Army knife, if you went on holiday with him, he'd be brilliant at packing the suitcase. Oh, we would Oh, be. the economy of the... Pa- <laughs> or, you know, the boot. Can you do the boot, Klaus? Yeah, leave it to me. Absolutely no gaps at all. What a guy. <laughs> on Absolute Radio. By the way, can I say just one more point on the on the Swiss Army knife? One I looked more point. up. How many do they have? Oh, <laughs> that's fabulous! Um, I um, I looked up the sort of uh, history to see um, 
you know, if if it started in the Sheffield, in if started in, um, sorry, I've given away <laughs> the thing. I basically came across an early sort of version of it, which was I just love the title of it. It's called the Sheffield Contrivance. <laughs> <laughs> Much better than Swiss Army knife, isn't it? It sounds uh, like it could co- cover a multitude of sins. It could, but I love it. You know it. what it is? It's a very early 80s sort of band, the kind of music you would <laughs> yeah. like. Yeah, the Sheffield contrivance. <laughs> yeah. I the- love it. Sorry, you were about to well, speak. I, to- no, I mean, we've had enough, haven't we, of men talking <laughs> over women. <laughs> You gentlemen, I mean, and that's, your that's the trouble with radio now. A woman starts to speak, and the male, the man in the chair, he jumps. Danny T. Jumps straight in on oh, them. Oh, all right. Now, that's it. Now, do you know stuff. that was a horrible insight? I felt such gratitude then. It was a horrible insight to what life could be like. Oh, well, that's there you go. Um, Danny T. has been in touch. What do you think would be included on a British army knife? Mm. Okay, that question to Frank Skinner. Because um, I'm trying to think this. Um, I think maybe not the corkscrew, <laughs> but the bottle opener. Yes, I think we'd yeah. retain those ones. Is it true, or is it an urban myth that there's a thing on the deluxe Swiss Army knife, let's say the forty nine ninety nine one, that has a device for removing? Things from horses' hooves. Is that correct? I'd look to Pierre. Who else would know that? (laughs) I've definitely had a Swiss Army knife that that had something on it, and I was told that's what it was for, a little little Mm. point thing. Mm. But I'm allergic to horses, so I'll never... Are you? Yeah. Can't go near the things. That's I thought you meant that gave you indigestion. (laughs) Oh, fine. Pierre lived in France in the 70s. Do you know what? He wouldn't have had to have lived in France. No. I'm allergic to cats, which I think are part of the horse family, if I remember my uh, natural history. Yes, they're, they're, they're just um, smaller, more sort of whimsical horses. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it, I knew it, there was a link. Is it dander you have an issue with? Yes, dander. Oh, mm. yeah. Um, if I go to I David... I actually love dander. If I go to um, David Badil's house, say, to watch um, a football game, we'll mm. sit talking, I just feel it, feel a bit of a catch in the back of the throat. Yeah. Pretty soon the eyes are stinging stuff like that mm. and I have to get him to have um, uh, an extra strong mint <laughs> no no it's the cats oh my God. It's, it's the cats <laughs> he the has cats. got about eight of them though I know exactly there I mean yeah it's like I once had um, guitar lessons when I was a young man <laughs> And um, the woman, I won't name her, but the woman who used to give me guitar lessons had 27 cats. Oh, my God. And when you open the door, oh, yeah. that cat smell. It must have just been like being punched by a sort of fist of cats. Yes. In the face. Yes. I hadn't thought of it like that, but you're quite right, yeah. It was like opening... You know when, you, uh, when you're flying to Australia and you step off at Kuala Lumpur to oh. change <laughs> and the heat is like... It's like golden syrup in the air. Yes. Like someone has heated golden syrup in a saucepan and they've put it... And that's what... When the, when the plane door opens, that's what you walk into. Mm-hmm. That's what it was like, but obviously with quite a lot more urine in it. Uh, but, you know, she's dead now, I think. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Listen to this from Adele. I will. Is it rolling in the deep? I'm sorry. What if, Hello, sung it? what if you had sung an entire <laughs> Let the sky fall We got M, we need to move on Let it crumble <laughs> Go on oh, Hearing Frank's exchange with the cabbie about poetry Do you remember mm, that? Yes About. Do you want to remind us what the cabbie said briefly? The cabbie said to me, what you been up to tonight? I said, I've been to a poetry reading And he said, yeah, I've had a bad night as well <laughs> <laughs> Well, Adele said it reminded her of the nuns at her Catholic school in the 1970s who would threaten, if you don't behave, we'll make you do poetry. Oh, gosh, and then that's she, terrible. As she says, different times. Yes, yeah. probably not that different. <laughs> but yes. Um, here's the thing. Go on. 
I've noticed something about myself. I still study myself. I think it's important to do that. The, the great study of man is man. Um, all women. And um, you know when you get a saucepan, like, and it's say you've done rice pudding and it's got the rice pudding sort of film on it. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? The remains, the shadow of the rice pudding that you've just poured out. The skeleton. Yeah. And I'm thinking, to, I find what this is what I'm thinking. I'm, I'm so, the joy I get from putting that into soak is there's something wrong with it. It's too much joy. When I'm filling it with water, I'm thinking, <laughs> ha ha, you thought you were going to build a semi permanent film on this, which would, we'd have to scrub off. But I think my uh, colleague, Mr. H2O, <laughs> might have something to say about that. So that's, that's, oh, your... the, I'm just my talking colleague. about it now. I can feel myself becoming excited. Yeah, I just want to repeat my colleague, <laughs> just in case anyone missed that. Well, because we're in this together. <laughs> I mean, I'm just talking about just running the tap, knowing it'll never get a proper your... grip, that rice pudding. You're sort remains. of destroying an empire. <laughs> I love preventative medicine in all its, in all its um, manifestations. And the idea, like, my partner will leave that saucepan and then it's a job, it's a real job. But okay. not, not Frank. So, so you feel like you're triumphing over the the saucepan is in a way trying to get you, and you've sort of. Well, he's you, stopping it in its tracks. Yeah, you slammed four yeah. aces onto the table. Oh no, yeah, I'm getting in early, Aha. and I'm saying, I know, I know what your plan is, but I'm too basically, I'm too smart for the saucepan. <laughs> well, do you know, Frank? I especially find with a roast dinner of any sort, mm. they that's when they get cocky. Oh yeah, they get cocky. They think they've really made some purchase. They've made some headway. And then when the water goes in, sometimes, what about a hot kettle? Can I throw that in the mix? Oh, well, I mean, if with a roast dinner, I, I take a hot. Sometimes I will, I will do a sort of semi-signature in washing up liquid. And then, and then go in, uh, just like, you know, where David Bowie towards the end just wrote a B. He just he didn't have, couldn't be bothered. Um, so I, um, I do a bit of that, just a little like Zorro um, with, with fairy liquid. And then, and then drop the, uh, but I mean, that's a bit more. What I think is I'll make a cup of tea now. Yeah. So the sa- the saucepan, the greasy saucepan and plate thinks, oh, he's, he's given up, he's, yeah, he's yeah, into yeah. relaxed stuff. sense of security. So I make the tea, but I make it with a bit of extra water, yeah. knowing that I'm going to take on the plate. Oh, man. I like you- the Sorry, mental gymnastics that the saucepan yeah. does. If there's anyone here that gets a sort of... Yeah. An unreasonable amount of joy yeah. from a small domestic activity. Keep it clean. Please let us know on 8, 12, 15. Frank Skinner. Absolute Radio. OK, can we go over to Jonathan Hollis in Bromsgrove, please? <laughs> okay. We domestic joy. Right. Morning, Frank, Emily and Pierre. Or Pierre. As I quite like that. So that could be a good nickname for you, Pierre. That's how it's pronounced in South Africa. Is it really? My family call me Pierre, yeah. Oh, oh, oh. Frank, that's a new one for us. Pierre yeah. to rhyme with beer. Yes, I... I uh... Is it a nickname in South Africa or just... That... Just a name. Oh. Just a name. Okay. A humble name. Uh, okay. It's quite an old... In France, it's quite rare. It's like being called Albert. <laughs> yes. I tell French people my name and they sort of look at me like, oh, Really? Although, Albert, these days you get trampled in the rush. Really? Well, it's the more Alberts Oh, there. it's a big one, Albert. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Uh, it morning... rings, a, rings a bell. <laughs> Lovely. Morning, Frank, Emily and Pierre. I wouldn't class myself as a particularly thrifty individual. OK. But I do get a thrill when I remember to turn off all plug sockets and electrical appliances, bar the fridge, when leaving the house or going to bed. Oh. I have the sense of, ha, you ain't getting that money off me. Great <laughs> <laughs> redacted. See, my partner does that, but I don't think it's the money with her. I think... Um, yeah, she's a generous she, think, she always thinks that sort of... 
<laughs> Eight <laughs> foot flame is going to yes. come out of one of the sockets. My partner's the same. There's this fear of kind of uh, hidden wall fires that yes. will somehow consume us I, in the I night. I mean, has that ever happened? Uh, leaving the telly on standby, has that ever burst into flames in the history of television technology? Not that I'm aware like of. 1215. Nor the kettle. Although no. it would be the revenge of the appliances in your house, Frank, since you're continuously dunking on them. Well, our producer was telling us off air that she likes to sort of create a... Her and her uh, flatmate, if that would be appropriate, like to create a sort of uh, sense of them running a cafe, was it? Or cleaning up? I think she said it's closing up at the end of the night, after the after dinner, the idea yeah. of putting everything away and closing up shop. I can see that satisfaction. Well, i tell you what I do, um, whether you've asked for it or not. When I'm washing... You know when you get the odd stray dish... I call it a retro bit of dishwasher, because everyone has a dishwasher. A lot of people, some people don't, but I rely heavily I've on the dishwasher. I've got to say, there's one person in our house who loves the dishwasher more than any of us. The dog? The dog. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I sometimes think, I've gone in and she's been, uh, like, yeah. she's, she's on the upper level of the dishwasher. She's done all the plates <laughs> and bowls. Yeah. And I'm thinking, shall I just put these in the cupboard now? They look absolutely yeah. immaculate. <laughs> oh. no. Like uh, it's a David, David Bedell and his plate, the cat. <laughs> yeah, but exactly. But it, it is was... a lovely facial, though, the dishwasher. Oh, but when they you get... open it. Sometimes they get a lovely facial from that, right? Yeah, oh, but the watching steam. the dog, watching the dog oh. work its round, way around the sharp knives taking the food off them and never getting caught. No, it's a tremendous skill. Now. No, that's the dog's version of outsmarting the saucepan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> outsmarting the saucepan, that'd be a good book to write about. Uh... Someone's suggesting it as a tour title for you. Uh -huh. That was Ruth Jordan. Now, what I do, Frank, when I'm washing, you know you get the waifs and strays occasionally that don't make it into the dishwasher. I think not this time. Uh, Your be, time will come. Wouldn't it be a great memoir of um, somewhat a musical theatre star <laughs> who, who toured in Beauty and the Beast as a candlestick or something, outsmarted the saucepan <laughs> about some internal feud that went on backstage <laughs> between them and some of the other implements that were played. <laughs> Write it. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. Um, this is Frank Skinner, dot, dot, dot. You can text the show. No, no. This is Frank Skinner, uh, Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli on Absolute Radio. You can text the show on 8.12.15. Follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio. <sighs> Email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. We've been talking about domestic joy. Mm, little morning. things that just, you know... I was talking about putting in a dirty saucepan to soak almost immediately so it, it doesn't get a chance to establish its film, as well, it do, were. Do you know what I do? Sometimes to pass the time a bit quicker, if I think we were talking earlier about occasionally having the waifs and strays that don't make it into the dishwasher cycle, mm. and you have to do a bit of old-fashioned 70s washing up. Yes. I like to sort of slightly imagine that I'm in a kind of retro, like a play for today, and because you would always have, and I'm having an argument about marital problems in that play, <laughs> because they always took place over uh, the washing of the dishes. Well, it doesn't a, happen anymore now. It's an acting thing, isn't yeah. it? That if we're going to be having a big, <laughs> like, like, quite a long conversation, we need to be doing. I was always having that when I, when I, in the days I used to write sitcoms. People would say, I'd say, right, so in this, I'm, I'm talking to my girlfriend about, blood, and he'd say, right, what about being on a rocking horse? Like a two-seater rocking horse at some sort of fun fair. And it was always stuff like that. What yeah. if you were playing golf? Because the director <laughs> wants visuals. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. wants visuals. Things happening. Yes. Or she. Yes. Um, we have heard from the outside world regarding their acts of domestic joy. Can I just stop you there? Mm. Uh, not wanting to be one of those male presenters that talks over the female presenter, but I do occasionally wash up if I, I'll wash up immediately after using something as part of my attack 
on the uh, the food establishing itself. Get them in when they're sort. least expecting it. Yeah, exactly. It's just the domestic art of war. It's called aftermath prevention. So I. I <laughs> And I will wash a bowl if I if I I'll wash the saucepan, bowl, and spoon that I've used yeah. in that meal and leave it. But when I fill the dishwasher, you know what I often think? Well, I've washed you, but I'm putting you in because it's easier to put oh, you do in. You? They get the double. Yeah, mm. I'd That's rather brutal. put you in than than have to dry. And all that stuff. God, you've got no mercy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, if they're going, if some are going in, you might as well put them all in. That's how I see it. Emily, you were saying. I was. Um, we've heard from Steve Burgess. Getting an overfilled bin bag out of the bin without tearing it is quite a buzz. Mm. It must be like a midwife who delivers an overdue baby without <laughs> having to call the surgeons in. <laughs> I think I have uh, taken out a bin bag with a Von Toos before now. <laughs> no, I know what they mean, because yeah. there's a sort of a handle often on the inside of the bin, or there is on ours, yeah. that you have to get it past. And you get like a pointy corner of like a bit of packaging or mm. something. It's, it's a risk, the tearing. Yeah. Sometimes I might be a little premature, I might tie it. Inside oh, the bin. Oh, I'd never do that. Because I find what part of the method of getting it out is a slight squeezing of the sides to sort of turn it into more of a tube. Than do you, a, do than you feel oval. slightly world's strongest man when you do it? I tell you what I do. <laughs> I like do. sometimes yeah. when when it's been when it's had a lot of pointy <laughs> packaging, I take it out and it's not torn, but the bin bag slightly ladders. <laughs> Like, yes. like tight. Yes. And I think, phew, that was a that was a close one. It's virtually see-through, that little scar, but we're all right. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. Okay. That's part um, of the um, overflowing bin bag of, of correspondence we've had yeah. about uh, yeah. domestic joy. Um We've got 515 saying, I get great satisfaction from washing the potato off the potato masher. Oh. After I've just made mash. Just run it under the tap and no scrubbing is needed. No, if you it, leave it, the potato will win. I was yes, going to say, that, I find it a exactly. very tricky mistress. Mm. Exactly. Yeah. If you leave it, that is oh. the catchphrase for all of the soaking. <laughs> if you leave it, yeah. no, it but will the masher, win. The masher is... Really, I've I've come a, a Roy Cropper with the masher before. <laughs> well, um, th- I find that I know what they're talking about there. You don't; it falls away if you get it oh. early. It's so weak the yeah. potato. They did um, I, they did a study of uh, how to get kids to help out more with chores and cleaning up and stuff. And kids will clean up more for longer if they're dressed as a superhero. Is that right? If they're in a Batman costume, they'll do more hoovering. Maybe I'll con- do that. I've considered it to get what myself about- to clean more. <laughs> Shall we do that? I dress as Ant-Man. That's my favourite superhero. Oh, really? Yeah, did you know that? Very niche. Yeah. Okay. Oh. I might go as Spider-Ghost. <laughs> um, is that what she's called or is it Ghost? It used to be Spider-Gwen and then she became Ghost Spider. She's oh. on my... Um, I've got a... In fact, here's a little domestic uh, moment for me. I've got a... Uh, my my calendar this year, my 2023 calendar, is um, Marvel Heroines. Oh, here we go. And it's, it, it's um, the female action heroes from Marvel Comics. Oh, here we Comics. go. Lock the, lock the study door. Dad's looking at his <laughs> Marvel heroines. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you are reducing these women. <laughs> you are. They, um, and Spider-Gwen, who I think now is Spider-Ghost or Ghost-Spider, she... Um, she... I, the, the calendar... Because I, that's my calendar um, socket where I always put my drawing pins for that, whatever the calendar is that year. It's been the calendar hole for four or five years. It's getting a bit big, a bit of plaster falling out of it. Mm. And, and a drawing pin wouldn't sit. And uh, I thought, well, I can't hang up my Marvel heroines. And then I thought, toothpick. And I pushed a toothpick into the wall and it now hangs on that toothpick. DIY? 
I think so. <laughs> and I bet it looks lovely. It looks great. It reminds me that a friend of mine said he uh, took part in an enormous study of road safety, um, which was based on, this is going back a bit, whether seat belts had made people drive better or worse. And it said that reckless drivers drive even more recklessly if they feel safe. Mm-hmm. So things yeah. like airbags make them, you know, wilder. And and they said one of the, not a, a serious recommendation, but they said the truth was that if you had a six-inch nail sticking out the middle of the steering wheel, road safety would be improved in this country by 500%. Yeah. Absolute radio. <laughs> and that's, um, that's what I feel like when I approach the calendar. <laughs> <laughs> You're even more cautious about your diary. It's sticking out to the wall by at least two and a half inches, that toothpick, I would say. Yeah. And I like seeing uh, I know you do. spider ghosts dangling <laughs> from uh, a protuberance, just like Spider-Man does. I think we got through that link. <laughs> We've heard from 765. Hi, Frank and crew. I get a real thrill out of collecting the fluff from my tumble dryer filter and rolling it into a ball. That's Carla from Wendover Bucks. I, too, get a real thrill out of that. Are you, right. are you a filter cleaner, a fluff? I must ask collector? my cleaner if she gets a thrill. <laughs> Do you never touch the fluff? No. Oh, you know you're missing out. No, it's I'm an wa- absolute joy. It's mm. one of those things. It was a late discovery in life for me. Lovely. I won't have anyone else touch it. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm good. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, ooh, yes. Well, so I have an etiquette question. To okay. See if you guys can I tell you that my father, mm. for his whole life, mm. um, whenever etiquette cropped up as a word, which it did more in the 60s and 70s, you would always correct me and say it's antiquity. Really? Yeah. Oh, no. Which <laughs> I don't think it is. Oh. Nevertheless. I like antiquity, though. Yeah, that's something good. And he, and his whole life, <laughs> and this is not something that cropped up a lot, but probably three times in, in all the time, but um, Somerset Maugham, the writer, was always Somerset Matham. Oh. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay, anyway. I like that. The the manners of the Romans would be the uh, antiquity of antiquity. Oh, that's good. Start layering it up. <laughs> um, but, so, uh, the partner and I, we went on a city break to Lisbon. The partner, did you oh, say? Yeah, my partner. partner. <laughs> I thought you said the partner. I thought it was some sort of Canterbury Tales yes. themed. The Padre <laughs> and I went to Lisbon. <laughs> To see if we can't sort this whole schism thing out. Anyway, go on, yes. We were on the flight to Lisbon and... um, Was it it just a a nice weekend mini break? A jolly. A jolly. Lovely. Mm, A brief jolly in Lisbon. And we were sitting on a budget flight uh, and I had barely managed to cram myself into the fully solid metal chairs. (laughs) And oh. are we are we midst contractual uh, negotiations. This sounds like a, I'm not getting enough money. No, no, pitch. I'm not getting enough room for my for my haunches. No, Were we you are. Like they the- are enormous. I mean, I I thought they might put you in a stall. <laughs> <laughs> One of those horse boxes behind the plane. Exactly. Exactly. If you think it's bad for you, I can you imagine that. what it was like for Phil Fister, one of the world's strongest men? Oh yeah. I F- often Fister think had an Absolute nightmare. Mm. He he probably brought it on himself. (laughs) (laughs) Whereas I think um, with Pierre, it was his haunches were thrust upon him. He can't help it, Frank. No. Yeah. Well, they were nearly. It is like the back half of a pantomime horse (laughs) travelling across Europe. (laughs) Charity. So Mm, does your? Well, my my haunches were nearly thrust upon the guy next to me. There was a little room. Let's return to the pardoner's tale. Yes. (laughs) So So. you're sitting in the seat. Barely, your poor pardon, partner. She's she yeah. all hunched up. Well, hold on. I'm going to because we, we oh, because sorry. we have certain obligations <laughs> to the uh, um, commercial world. I'm going to have to pause this. So it's a cliffhanger. Um, 
Pierre has been oh, has been oiled into a seat on a budget airline to get him in. Emily very nearly just fell off her seat. No, I'm joking. That's where we are. Just bookmark that. We'll be back. We're on a plane um, with uh, the proverbial square peg in the round hole. Um, Spanish mob square, Pierre. Yeah. Yeah. Pierre has been squeezed into a seat. Mm. Go on. Wedged. So there I'm I'm wedged in the middle of the three seats. Mm. And to the right of me is a gentleman who I would say he could he could he could be a great sort of postcard character for, you know, greetings from Portugal. Oh, yeah. Like a solid... Super Mario type figure. Yeah, absolutely. A a hell of a moustache. Yeah. On this guy. No light getting through at all. Oh, man, I wish I could grow any kind of facial hair like that. Mine is so sparse. <laughs> I've seen you with a beard. Yeah, but it's it's it was Have never you seen a, good Frank beard. With a beard. No. Oh, like, I recommend if you get. Um, I think in your first book, there's pictures of it. Yeah, I tell you what, it looks like. It looks like you know when people wear a stage beard and it gets wet <laughs> and it's sort of coming off the face. It's like that. It's like that. It's on a on, on it's hanging by a thread, like a sort of stressed bank robber disguise. Like, I really like a, like a Marvel heroine. Calendar dangling <laughs> from an extended <laughs> toothpick. It's very open university. Yeah, it's a ro- Yeah, it's a Robbie. I think what it was, I had a brief um, flirtation with um, teacher training. I failed after a year, basically, mm. and I was very frightened of the small children. So I grew a beard to look more masculine. As if to say, look at. Look. I am an adult. I am actually an adult, and you need to establish. <laughs> uh, you need to acknowledge that that barrier. The facial hair was saying, "I am older than you." Yes, it was, but really, it was saying, "I'm afraid of you." Yes. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, I hated it. Okay. Um, Speaking of which, we had a lovely teacher called Richard in the front row last night, who became my go-to person when uh, all around were losing their heads and blaming them on me uh, or something like that and um, he was uh, and he's just um, he's just made a suggestion for the show which mm. I, well, I might even try but how lovely there yes he's been but in he touch was a nice thank guy. you Richard Crowdsourcing. he said he was grinning from ear to ear it's, Isn't that well nice I think hear, as, as it once said in um, Pickwick Papers um a man um, sells Pickwick a horse, and the guy's obviously a bit of a con man. And it, he said, uh, blah, 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 and he said um, that he he, um, he had a grin which agitated his countenance from one auricular organ to the other. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. Sorry, we're still on the plane we're, with Pierre. Um, well, as Ian Angle has said, <laughs> right. um, I'm, I'm guessing the gentleman next to you is feeling a lot of peer pressure. Oh, oh. Peer, actually be peer pressure yeah, in, peer, uh, in, peer. In, 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 in South in Africa. Africa. So are we going to have to, are we going to have time to hear more? Um, about the no, I don't think we are. It's gonna, we, we're going to have a cliffhanger on the cliffhanger. I'll say that there were intermittent whiffs of brie. That's oh, right. okay. Tea is what happened. Oh, oh, I can almost feel the clammy out of skin. Come on, we're still on the plane. We're on a plane. Let's get off this plane. Guy I've, sent I've next had to me. it with these goddamn men on this plane. Yeah. <laughs> I'm thinking someone's going to eat brie. That's that's the clue I'm I'm picked up on. Who I'm, brings cheese on a plane? Well, I'm getting wafts of brie, and I'm thinking brie. On a plane? Mm. I think there's no way. The guy next to me must have just eaten some brie and I'm getting sort of suggestions of it from yes. him here and oh, there. Oh, how disgusting. Yes. Yes. Yeah. He eman- he's emanating Yeah, he's emanating brie. <laughs> I'm already not happy with that, but, you know, at brie. least I think what, I've figured what, how it How can out. he help that? No, exactly, yeah, to be fair. He's just... had his morning brie. Yeah. Can we just establish something? <laughs> yes. How many words... Had you exchanged pleasantries with this character? Mere nods. Okay. Oh. Mere nods. They don't talk, the young people. No. No, I don't, I don't wish to strike up a, a <laughs> no, rapport. I never want to talk to her on a plane. No. Too long, too yes. much commitment. Yes, agreed, yes. Yeah. Um, 
so then I think, okay, not ideal, but fine. Halfway through the flight, this man decides to stand up in the aisle and rummage in the um, the overhead compartment, mm. from which he produces <gasps> initially a sort of tiny, probably the smallest Tupperware you can get. Mm. And within that's, it, can I say that's pretty small? Yeah, it's. Weirdly and I, I know small. the Tupperware range. <laughs> <laughs> the one that you're doing as a hand gesture, it ain't close to the smallest <laughs> Tupperware you can get. Single grape. Yeah, exactly. You yeah. could get single contact lens Tupperware <laughs> container. What are we talking? Ant lunchbox. And let's open that container, shall we? <laughs> okay. <laughs> and in this little Tupperware thing are a bunch of sweaty slices of cheese. So oh. what's been emanating is through the seal. <gasps> Emmentalating. Emmentalating, yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, I think, well, mystery solved. This guy's about to eat uh, some smelly cheese from a Tupperware. <sighs> but he's not done. He reaches again, rummaging, and withdraws a larger, more standard sort of bringing lunch to work Tupperware yeah. and sits down and I think, how is this going to escalate? Pops that open on his lap. He's got a goddamn fromagerie up there. Yeah. Uh, I'm sat next to Picnic Pete on this plane, I think. Right. Pops open that Tupperware on his lap, sat next to me. Uh, we're dealing with boiled eggs oh. uh, and chicken salad. Frank, this yeah. man is a menace. Immediately I thought this should... A US Marshal should <laughs> duct tape this man to his chair and the plane should land wherever is closest. So did you say anything? No, I just, I looked and I just very silently <laughs> turned my head to look at my girlfriend as if to say, look in my eyes and then look at what's happening next to me. What did well, your girlfriend you've, you've think? Been in England, you've been she in England about 15 years or so, you've gone native. <laughs> <laughs> you sat there outraged and said nothing, whereas... In your old spirit would have gone, what on earth is going on? Excuse me. Excuse me. I, was, Steward. I could feel it bubbling within me. Can't eat eggs on a plane, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. man, I could imagine you taking out a whittled branch <laughs> holding it in this direction. <laughs> Dad, make me use this. Coming, coming out of the air, airplane toilet in com, full combat gear. Reseal those eggs. Oh, man. Yeah. But you know, people isn't like that, a, that, it's honestly... It's, isn't that an old Joe Cocker song? Reseal those eggs. <laughs> but he, he picked his way through. He dumped all the cheese onto the eggs, by the way, in the salad, so he thought, better combine smells. And I thought... Eccentric to have the cheese separate initially. Mm. I know what he's up to as well. I know mm. his game. I've seen those documentaries. You know when there's nothing to declare? Oh. I call them schadenfreude in the extreme, yeah. which is essentially people sitting at home saying, look, he's been caught. He's been caught. Yeah. You know, it's people getting... But they don't get drugs busts that often. It's always so, sort of seed pods or something. Yeah, yeah. So I'm afraid you're not allowed to bring oranges into this country. You see, if yeah. it had been that man who invented the Swiss Army knife, he'd have <laughs> had that sliced cheese you buy sliced and just brought it up with the corners still attached <laughs> yeah. to the top of it. If only it was him. Oh, my goodness, the, the horror. <laughs> Um, this is Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio with Emily Dean and Pierre Novelli. You can text the show on 81215, follow the show on Twitter and Instagram at Frank on the Radio, email the show via frank at absoluteradio.co.uk. Um, I have a few football-related issues I'd like to raise this oh, okay. morning. Okay, you're football crazy, you're football <laughs> mad. I've got that on a T-shirt now with yes. Frank's name under it. Mm. It's great. Um... We not. Do you like the, Do you like the football, Pierre? I don't really know the football. Okay, I'm no. aware of it, but that's good in a way because like that. that means we won't get too football centric and exactly. alienate our non-football listeners. We'll keep it front page rather than back page. They're my constituency, the non the non-football listeners. Yes. Indeed. So you're familiar with the Champions League, are you? Yes. Okay. So, well, uh, Frank, perhaps you could explain. There was a big thing this week. Wasn't yes. There? Well, what what the yes? So Manchester City uh, sort of um, destroyed the present champions, um, mm. Real Madrid, and everyone now is, of course, saying greatest team of all time and all that stuff. But uh -huh. they certainly they have a striker. 
Um, oh, Erling Haaland. Yeah, uh, and he is... That's um, great music for him. He's broke all mm. the records. Now, I'm aware of him because a disproportionate... Well, he's one of yours. Uh, well, Physically. Just an enormous man. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's another big man. Well, so I'm aware of him because I think a disproportionate number of comedians support Arsenal and a few of them were monstering Erling Haaland. As, mm. a, as their kind of enemy. Yes. Oh, the no. destroyer of their hopes, potentially. Well, mm. I mean, take it from me. You're always going to make enemies if you're good at something. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Um, wow, no, he's so a- People do get very, come dine with me, enjoy the money. I hope <laughs> it makes you very happy. <laughs> You know, you got you got to let you got to hand it the, to, the, to the Erling. Way, the mm. way it's gone with Erling, he only arrived this season, <laughs> and yeah. I had a um, quite a regimented daydream <laughs> in which, over a long period of time, I played for West Bromwich Albion, but they were the biggest team in Europe mainly because of my prolific goal scoring yeah. and Adorable. I had a small chair at one end of the kitchen and it had a, a goal shaped bottom to mm-hmm. it and I I put a, uh, a a thing in the middle as a goalkeeper and I basically kicked a tennis ball around the kitchen and, and walloped it and I played game after game and I remember getting 84 goals in a season Mm. Which I have to say, Erling hasn't really got close to. But it's harder <laughs> if it's in the real world. There's so many things. Oh. But he's the closest to that, yes. I think, to daydream style football. Yes. Oh, okay. You're familiar with You know what? You've seen him. I've seen him, and I will say he does, um, he does seem... He, he looks like a, a combination of both characters from the Rocky movie where he fights Dolph Lundgren. Yes. yes. I think he looks like a really good Eddie of Al Murray. Oh. But wow. um, he's... Um, he's what? He, he looks very Valhalla. Yes, he... Yes. Okay. Do you know Valhalla? She's that, that dinner woman, <laughs> uh, the German dinner woman at my school. Do you know what I mean? He feels very... <laughs> He's very Norse mythology. No, he, he could be Thor. He could be. If they yeah. had like a Man City Christmas <laughs> pantomime to raise money for local children, he could be Thor. He's, every feature on, on his face has a sort of outline. He looks quite sort of assembled. I think. Mm. Just, just assembled. <laughs> yeah. Yes. He's this a I bit... think he's what they always say about men. I'm sure people have said this about you. Mm. Oh, God. And they never say this about women. But if a man is in great shape, they'll uh. say he's a magnificent mm. specimen. <laughs> As if he might sleep in a large jar of formaldehyde. <laughs> <laughs> and they usually play, what a man, what a man, what a mighty good man. Do if they? it's on I've this ne- morning, for example. Oh, I've never heard that before. Oh, like that. A famously athletic yeah, celebrity guest or something. Oh, it's raining men they usually like, don't oh, they? Oh, yeah. yeah. They mm. like that. Um, they should have played that looking back at the coronation. <laughs> 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 With a slight um, change on the spelling of raining. Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio. So Ooh. we're talking about Erling Haaland, mm. Frank. Yeah. Yes, OK, sorry. Erling Haaland. <laughs> yes. He might adopt that. He might like no, it. I don't think he will. Well, he, he likes probably. being called Terminator. They said, what's your favourite of all the nicknames you have in? I like Terminator. Ooh. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought you'd prefer God of Thunder. <laughs> yeah, come on. But anyway, carry on. We need to discuss his diet, though. Well, that's this is... Uh, f- for all the the fact that he's... Uh, that, that they... Um, Man City are in the Champions League final. Yeah. And if you'll forgive me saying might mm. um, win the Premier League. Oh, yeah. Um, it's Yes, it's what makes... If food maketh the man, <laughs> it's what maketh Erling Haaland that's been in the news yeah. this week. He shared on his Instagram, it's his choice to do this, no oh, one yes. made him. He has said before, just to warn you, he has said of his diet, I eat the heart and liver. Yes. Okay. Clarice. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, the, the Daily Mail had an <laughs> article about his eating habits of you know, and, and it's it had a, an illustrative <laughs> picture 
of Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> it is sort of suggested of this is where eating awful can lead. Yes, yeah. Which doesn't seem, you know, a lot of people eat animal flesh. It doesn't normally lead to eating human flesh. Yeah, it's not fair to say. No, I don't think it is. No. no, but if you will go around saying, I eat the heart and liver. Yes. Looking like that. What do you expect? And the I picture really posted. Hope, sorry. What, sorry, what I really want to hear is he's got a T-shirt that says, I heart heart. <laughs> <laughs> Someone's got to get him one of those. The picture anyway. he posted was, I mean, it really... Did you see it? It was grease-proof paper mm. with scattered offal. Yeah. I, I counted there was at least 78 well, pieces. Was, look, I'm not against the eating of offal. Although this was one of the fringe livers, I would say. Beef. Mm. I don't think I've ever had beef liver. I'd, I'd sort of assumed that, that cows didn't have one because it's always cows, it's always sheep and lamb when you see the livers. Forgive me if there's any vegans or vegetarians listening. Yeah. But, you know. Um, it's very continental, the beef liver. Is that what it is? Mm. But the picture of it... I am an enormous fan of greaseproof paper. I've only recently converted from uh, foil to greaseproof, and it's changed my life. Uh. Um, But he seems to have cut it into tiny pieces. Mad chunks, yeah. And then spread tiny pieces of it, though. And that's what... I didn't like that. It was like a model village. It looked like a meat version (laughs) of the drone displays at the coronation concert. (laughs) It looked like they were about to assemble into an owl face. (laughs) It was very odd. I don't know why you would... If you can imagine... um, in case you can't picture this at home, imagine meat nippets. You know nippets, those um, licorice um, sweets. Oh, yeah. That, um, I say sweets. They are... I think their strap line should be when licorice goes wrong. They're not they those the licorice nastiest. that's like Tic Tacs. Uh, licorice... Yeah. Um, it's like Tic Tacs. Nippets are from the same school as the original Fisherman Friends. Stuff you're not oh. supposed to like the taste of. Yeah. Oh. But you're supposed to give them to other people and then when they grimace you say, oh, I quite like them. You don't. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it looked like that little <laughs> tiny dried up... Oh, very much. If he was on MasterChef, they'd be saying your plating up needs some work. Yeah, the I, presentation of this liver. I can't imagine how he, he eat them with a toothpick. I mean, how do you eat tiny little? Well, his, cal- you know his calendar back, would fall down. Back in that. the day, when they just football, yeah. I remember when footballers were happy with a steak and a Benson and hedges. Yes, they got all grand. That's you're problem, you're absolutely right. When I used to get to the <laughs> Albion training ground, the West Brom training ground, every one of the players. Add um, twenty um, Benson and Hedges. <laughs> Often put up the sleeve of the t-shirt with a, they had you know they had biceps big enough, so if they put it up the sleeve of the t-shirt, it held there. Oh, I love. It. I would have to put a a variety pack of cereals up my for my put my sleeve barely touches the arm. Anyway, um, more of this in a second. Absolute radio. Ruth uh, Jordan says uh, oh, Erling yes. Haaland has cut up the offal into tiny pieces ready to pack into a Tupperware for his next plane journey. Oh, I love it when people He's, bring the strands together. He seems the type that would have Tupperware. Well, he seems very prepared, so I, I know this doesn't sound like me, but I went uh, into a needlessly deep dive on Erling Haaland once I, I saw the news. <laughs> oh, of course you did. It's not the sort of thing I normally do. What do you know? What can you tell us about Did him? you find out about his um, world record when he was five? The long jump. Yes, not just the long jump, the standing long jump, so no run-up. Oh. You just leap. Son of Odin. Yeah, and it was at yeah. 1.63 metres when he was five years old. Oh, for God's sake. We're, Did you know we're, he We're sleeps? approaching Achilles sort of story. Yeah, we are. Backstory. He is <laughs> Even at seven, he defeated a mighty serpent. Exactly. No wonder he scored all those goals. What is his Achilles heel, I wonder? Well, the vegetarianism. Um, mm. Well, apparently... Don't cut his hair. It could be the Samson yeah. thing. Oh, he lo- oh what man. I like is when 
when he lets it out of his scr- scrunchie sometimes, well, there was, like, it, at there the was, end of a match. There was a game when he had a, he had a scrunchie <laughs> crisis. <laughs> And um, he had to play the last 10 minutes with his hair down. Yeah, he had a and, he, and he scored, and I thought, that's going to be a bit of a collector's item, that yeah. goal, yeah. with the full Thor locks. Well, now this is the problem with fans. It used to be the shirt. Do you go scrunchy or shirt? Oh, now? yeah, I'm going to get a sign. I Can I have your scrunchie, Erling? Yeah. That's uh, another Norwegian player, isn't it? Scrunchy crisis. Uh. <laughs> He apparently, the thing, one of the things I love most about Erling is that he sleeps with a ball. (laughs) After he he scored the hat-trick, he was interviewed and they said, is it true? Because they were asking him all those questions, like fact or fiction. Most of them, he was like, no, it's not true. No, it's not true. Hmm. And yet that... You're not going to tell me he didn't do the standing job. He paused and he said... (laughs) He said, no, he did do the standing job. Okay. He said of, they said, is it true you sleep with the ball? A football in your bed. I'm um, afraid mm. it's true, yes. <laughs> he said, when, only when I've scored a hat-trick, though. Oh, he sleeps with that one. That poor woman, he's got a lovely partner, who is a long jumper, I believe. Is she? Oh, no, that's the mother. But anyway, she's got to put up with that dirty old bit of leather in her yeah. bed. Yeah, yeah. Would you put up with that? Well, I've put up with some dirty old leather in, in the bed over the years. But um, I... Uh, Do you think I, she watches the match and as he scores a hat-trick, she thinks, oh, well, that's, oh, that's the ball in the bed no, again tonight. No, no, I think as he scores a hat-trick, she reaches for the jay cloth and dettle, ready for when he arrives home. Oh, He'll be no. bringing that ball with him, I expect. <laughs> <laughs> I saw, um, I was watching uh, what's it called, Gary Neville's football shop or something. He's got, uh, he's got opinions. And it was him talking to Ian Wright, the former Arsenal and Palace legend, and um, he said, you got a few hat-tricks in your career? And he said, yeah, he said, I got all the balls. He said, I got them in a lock-up. Really? All, all the balls in a lock-up. Yeah, what a strange... <laughs> Imagine pulling that door up yeah. as well. But, but he side. said, I've kept all the balls. And then, as Gary Neville pointed out, he said, in a lock-up with tremendous emphasis, he's like, don't try coming to my house right. stealing my hat-trick <laughs> match balls. Man. And also, it, it has no power now, that, because... In a game now, they get through two dozen balls. Yeah. So yeah. You're, not, you're not, you don't own the ball that you scored the hat trick with. Just well, saying. Uh, Erlinger. Just saying. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio. <clears throat> we were discussing the um, modern phenomenon of Erling Haaland. Yes, the saga. Yeah, myth. it would be a saga. Yeah. 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 So, in terms of his diet, it's not just the offal and, and heart and liver of cows that he's eating. He's got a sort of uh, thing he calls his magic potion, oh, yes. which is a sort of smoothie. I of, used to call it that as well. <laughs> yeah, smoothie of milk and spinach and kale. I wonder if people have actually researched whether spinach makes you stronger or they're just taking Popeye's word for it. <laughs> yeah. Yes. It's or, like... Is that why Erling Haaland started saying that I am what I am? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I wish he would. That'd be... <laughs> Imagine that in an interview. Sort of subtle references to it. Like his girlfriend suddenly got a, a centre parting and dyed her hair black. Very quickly uh, arms. Yeah. So Erling, you've been voted footballer of the year. Well, what do you know? Are <laughs> <laughs> oh, you all right? You all right, Erling? We've had a lot of rumours about Bluto. Uh, on the opposing <laughs> side of the Did you? Uh, something odd happened with Bluto because he started as Bluto, the large bearded villain. In fact, you could be, if they if they do another oh. live action, you could be a great Bluto. <laughs> oh, thank yeah. you. Yes, because you're more like a, a, let's call you a Hollywood Bluto. Yes, Do you know exactly. what I mean? Oh, yes. They've smoothed over Bluto. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A Bluto Blue that will get fan mail from teenage yeah. girls. Yeah. They don't just want a horrid Jeff Capes Bluto. <laughs> Anyway, I um, just wish someone is horrid. No, I mean just you know, brut- brutally male. 
Yeah. Um, you an appealing Bluto. We're, we're, te- we're calling you an appealing Bluto. You should be pleased. It's going on the poster. <laughs> yeah. I uh, An appealing Bluto. There's a picture that he posted. Uh, I mean, I, I should say... Well, Bluto's on the social media. Uh, no, I'm on about <laughs> back to Erling. OK. Um... I, I, it's brilliant that he really cares about what he eats and drinks yeah. and stuff. I mean, I, you know, I come, as you say, footballers used to smoke, drink, and, and all that. So it's. Uh, it's Arsene Wenger. We can one, take some credit, please. He mm, changed everything. He did. He, he took the, um, initially at least, he took <laughs> the bowl of jelly beans out the Arsenal dressing room. Mm-hmm. And Frank, will you tell Pierre when you saw him once in a hotel, what was he yes, doing? Yes, oh, I saw him in Cape Town actually in a mm. hotel pre match eating an uh, <laughs> apple with a knife and fork. Oh my lord. In a hotel, yeah. yeah. So anyway. Um, yeah, he posted a picture of a whole sort of side of meat. Honestly, looked like if you went for a family meal with ten people, it's what would arrive. And the caption was just for me. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like Fred Flintstone kind of. A, the bone was still present on the plate, but it had all been sliced up. And I did think, oh, how marvellous to just sit and eat all of that. Like, yeah. He's living like a tiger. Yes, there's something otherworldly and 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 zoo-like about the the feeding of Erling. Um, but you know what? He'll outliver us all. Oh, <laughs> oh God, <laughs> Frank. May I quit? Oh, we've got to go. No, well, we've got we've got another. Oh, you had a lovely joke and I ruined it. Now I'm sorry. What? You didn't ruin that. You joke. had the lovely liver us all. I know, but it was. I don't think it was. I a lovely joke <laughs> or B. I think I got it in under the wire. It's amazing how one always gets it in. There's a great old clip of Milton Berle, the American comic, on a show, and he's about to do a punchline, and this woman <laughs> who's an inexperienced actress is about to speak, and he takes her hand so hard I think if a wall had been falling he would have <laughs> held it up and he did his punchline that's what comics are like Frank Skinner on Absolute Radio I've had a uh, uh, communication from a reader who um, this must be one of our most oh, we get a few Australian people this guy lives in um, Kumamoto in Japan okay. and he's called Rushton Medley <clears throat> and he sent um, his new novel after hearing of your recent disappointment with the name of the rose I tried but terrible I thought you might be interested in this book it's uh, 772 pages but the thing about it it's called uh, Memories of Mabu Hai it, it's a, it's got a um, a thing in the front, and it's it said that you might like this because of taking books off David Baddiel's wall, which I we did recently. It's got a book crossing thing, so if you hand it over to someone, you write its history like a logbook. I love for that for the next person. If I read the first sentence and I thought Pierre should read this. Listen, General Yamashita stood before the dusty dress mirror doing his best to smooth out the creases of his tunic. His sword lay across his desk. He had spent the last hour ensuring it was gleaming to perfection. It was to be handed over to the Americans as part of the final symbolic act of surrender. Oh. Yeah, that's about my strasser. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Well, they ha- he had me. So that's that was from, did I say, from Rushton Medley. What a name. Yeah. Rushton <laughs> Medley. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, so that's it. Okay. I'll, I'll, like never, I'll never read it, but it was lovely to say right. it. <laughs> Just Frank, trying to be straight with people. Two, four, five. Hmm? Frank, do you know that your stable mate, Dave Berry has a producer on his breakfast show known as Old Swiss because he always carries a penknife. Perhaps he could advise or give Buzz a lend of his. Praise Redacted. Yeah, well, in the end, um, I didn't know that. And we listen to Dave Berry every it. day. Yeah. Um, but um, in the end, I remember, I don't know if you guys remember this, but when I did Travel Man in Zurich. Someone has got in touch about that. Yeah, I made 
um, I actually assembled um, Swiss Army Knife Assemble, I said, <laughs> and I, I put together my own and um, and I put my name on it as well. So um, oh. I, I, I found that and Buzz took a, uh, to camp, he took a Swiss Army Knife that I'd actually assembled. Did you assemble it with other Swiss Army Knives and imply a kind of sort of chicken and egg scenario? <laughs> Um, I don't understand that question. As in, like, uh, where's the original Swiss Army knife if you use Swiss Army knives to make Swiss Army knives? Yes, no, no, I, I didn't I didn't do it with a Swiss Army I did it on a, on a machine at the Swiss Army knife um, factory. Did you add any custom tools? Um, yes, I added uh, an obscene gestures um, <laughs> section, which I could take out whilst driving. <laughs> No, I just went for the very basics. I love, I love those little blades when they've got a tiny bit for the for the thumbnail to help it out of its section. You know mm. what I mean? That little dip. Oh, I find those creepy. Yes. Okay. I mean, Each I have to his own. Anyway, um, be careful. Obviously, if you're going to try out be a pen careful. knife this weekend, they're sharp. Be careful. They're out sharp. There. There's no getting around it. Thank you for listening to us today. And if the good Lord spares us and the creeks don't rise, we'll be back again this time next week. Now get out. This is Frank Skinner. This is Absolute Radio.